This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, exclusively on the Bun 2.0, KBUN-FM 104.5. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors is sponsored by DS Beverages, Paul Bunyan Country's distributor of Anheuser-Busch and Budweiser, by Northern Surplus Northern Outdoors in downtown Bemidji, Bonded Lock and Key, your home for Liberty Gun Safes, and Pine Ridge Service. Over just a few weeks... From Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, becoming a daily and becoming fish in Paul Bunyan Country. Today, we thought we'd give you a little preview of some of the things you'll be hearing, including a big discussion, as always, to start off the year on Leech Lake. Let's check in with Carl Peterson. He is the Large Lake Specialist out of the Walker Area Fisheries Office. When we talk Large Lake uh, in Walker, we're talking leech, of course, uh, one of the biggest of all time. Um, well, I guess I wouldn't say the biggest of all time, but, but certainly in our area, one of the really big lakes. And, you know, one of the things I've always been fascinated about, Carl, when it comes to Leech Lake is just how diverse it is. You know, some bays are shallow, some bays are deep. They're, they're almost like uh, several different lakes in one, really. Yeah, that's really neat thing about it. You know, our Western Bay, Walker Bay, it gets over 150 feet deep, and then you get to some of those other bays like Steamboat or Headquarters Boy, and they're they're real shallow. You know, up to um, you know shallow is ten feet deep, and weedy bluegill bass, northern pike, more like that. So it's it's definitely an interesting lake, and no matter what you want to fish in the area, it's it's got it. So yeah, and it seems like in general um, the, the the population health of any of the species in the lake are very good. Yeah, for right now, walleyes are looking really good. Pike are doing pretty good. The only concern we have is is the perch population is down a bit, and so we're looking at doing a, a walleye regulation change that hopefully will uh, help improve that perch population for us. So, what are you what are you thinking about? Um, what we've done is it, we've had on since 2005, we had a 18 to 26 walleye protected slot limit with a four fish bag limit, and that was modified in 2014 to a 20 to 26 inch protected slot. What we've done here for the opener in 2019 is remove that protected slot limit and go to more similar to the statewide regulation with one fish over 20 inch in possession, possession limit of four. So the possession limit remains the same four, yep. but, but uh, the one over can be, it's just anything over 20. Anything over 20, yep. And the idea is that, uh, that we, when we looked at our, our survey results from the past couple of years, we've got quite a few big spawners out there, you know, the big females in the lake and a fairly good number of big males, and we were protecting those in that protected slot limit, and, and if we didn't allow some harvest on those, they, they some of the males especially would just spend their entire lives in that protected slot limit. So, And then when we looked at the number of spawners that we have, we looked at how many spawning fish we have, you know, each young a year each year. We're having good recruitment each year as well, so that's the thing. We can We can pull out some of those spawners and still have good recruitment every year. And, and how do you feel that will help the perch? Uh, well, the idea is that you've got these big fish out there feeding on those perch, reduce the number of fish that are out there feeding on them, get some smaller fish in the lake that some folks can harvest as well. So if you look at the pounds of walleyes per net that we have in the lake, that's just been increasing and increasing and increasing. So you've got fewer fish that people can harvest and, and that anglers can bring home. So the idea is to, to open that up so they can bring a few more fish home, reduce that pounds per net that are in the lake but uh but still have good year classes we can bring in each year okay i know you know uh i had heard the last couple of years discussing things that you know perch was a concern on leech lake and yet the this year you had a lot of ice pressure out there and i heard lots of great perch reports so i'm, I'm sure you lost a lot of perch in the in the ice fishing season 
Yeah, early ice we we did. Yeah, uh, you know we had some pretty good catches and some pretty good anecdotal. You know, people coming in saying they were doing pretty good catching, but uh, ice conditions went pretty south pretty quick on Leeds. You know, the Eel Pelt Festival. I don't know if you saw any of that. The uh, quite a bit of water, quite a bit of people getting stuck, and so our perch harvest here towards the end of the season pretty much turned down to zero. So access on the lake was almost impossible. So our normal perch harvest, really, really high perch harvest, is this this late ice, you know, late February into March, mm-hmm. and we just haven't seen anybody angling out there, so that certainly saved a, a fair number of perch. And then you talk to the guys, too, that are out there with their, you know, with their underwater cameras. They're seeing quite a bit of small, small perch that we won't necessarily catch in our gill nets because they'll swim right through. So the, uh, I guess the prognosis is looking good for the perch, at least on the next couple of years for us. Okay, that's uh, that's definitely good news. Obviously, as it is fun fish to catch, number one and number two, it is it is vital for the health of the walleye fishery as well. Oh, absolutely. You know those that's the, you know main feed source on the lake is, is the perch. Luckily on Leech, we also have ciscos, and ciscos are basically swimming candy bars out there. They're like a snicker bar. They got so much <laughs> energy content compared to a perch. So we haven't had any strong summer kills on the ciscos in the past couple of years. So that population has been kind of helping out keeping the walleyes and the, and the northerns and the muskies on the lake going as well. Okay. Um, the new limit is uh, with not without controversy. I know there were some people that spoke out against it and had some concerns. What were their main concerns? Um, you know, some of the concerns we heard were that uh, they thought the new regulations were a little bit too liberal. They were, they were going to pull too many fish off the lake. You know, some people we had, you know, some of the comments we came in, um, we're saying we, you know, maybe we should go down to a two bag, or maybe we should uh, keep the slot limit on, or make it even more more strict. But you know, the majority public support. We had 75 percent of the public comments that came in were in support of the regulations, so we were pretty comfortable with it. You know, we, socially it was acceptable, and biologically it made the most sense. So that's why we're we're going with the reg change. And the nice thing about Leech Lake too is it's an adaptive management lake. We're we're out there serving it every single year. We review it every year. We've got an input group, a, you know, a public input group process that we use every single year. So we present the, the results to this input group that we look at. The management plan has specific goals outlined in it that, uh, you know, did we meet those this year? Yep. If not, there's some action items that are built into that plan that was developed with the input from the public as well. So we're pretty comfortable with what we've got now. And, well, you know, we'll change the regulation and we'll keep evaluating next year, two or three, and we might have to we might have to adjust it as we go from there. Uh, I think most people who live up here certainly know the the, the journey of Leech Lake and and you know how dire things were. I don't even remember how many years ago now. But for those who maybe uh, are are new and and not real familiar, just a real brief rundown of of the things that that they've been doing on Leech Lake to get it back to where it is now. Okay. Well. Really, the, the the low numbers they saw in walleyes were back in the, around 2004, 2005, and attributed to a couple of different things. The main thing was we had a, a cormorant explosion on the lake. Where the goal right now we've got we manage the cormorant population on the lake, and the goal is to keep it around 500 nesting pairs. Well, we were seeing upwards of over 10,000 cormorants on the lake in the mid 2000s. So we've we've been able to develop some control efforts with uh, some help of the Leech Lake Indian Reservation. And um, those dormant numbers have been kept down. And in the same process, we also implemented, at the same time, we implemented that uh, the protected slot limit to protect some of those spawning fish to build back that fishery quicker. <clears throat> and, that, uh, and then we also stocked. We stocked from 2005 to 2014 to give it another little boost. And we started seeing that uh, we were having plenty of natural reproduction. 
And so in 2014 was last year we stocked in 15, 16, and 17, and 18. We had tremendous natural reproduction that are produced in those strong year classes. So we've brought the fishery back, and uh, crossing our fingers, we'll keep it there for quite a while. So. It's amazing when you think about what the cormorants uh, were doing to that lake. I mean, taking out a lot of small walleyes, but also back to the perch. They were taking a ton of perch out of that lake, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, they take the prey base out that not only taking the walleyes, they take what the walleyes are eating. So it, 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 there was, you know, originally there, there wasn't a belief that the, the cormorants could really do damage to the lake. But, uh, you know, the studies that they did on the lake and a lot of the research, they really realized, yeah, these things are really doing some work. And we, uh, we need to look at that if we're going to have a strong walleye population and perch population. And uh, it took a while, but uh, quite a success story. Yep, it's definitely, and you know, and that's one thing that uh, Leech Lake Cormorant Management is, they're looking at it nationwide. It's not just here in our the state of Minnesota, but uh, Doug Schultz, a biologist here in, in our office, or the, our area supervisor, he was just in, in D.C. presenting to the, to the Fish and Wildlife Service and other folks about the cormorant management and how it absolutely can affect to fish in the, in the lakes. So um, so right now we're in pretty good shape. Uh, the numbers are good. You're able to do natural reproduction. Uh, you're able to get loosen up that regulation a little bit. Um, and I don't think there's been too much demand, in fact, probably very little, for going beyond four at this point, has there? No, not really. You know, people are seem pretty comfortable with that four fish limit. And so uh, when we proposed it, if, if anything, the comments came in wanting to reduce that even more. But we're pretty comfortable with the four fish limit, and most of the public seem pretty comfortable with it as well. Once again, in just a few weeks, you'll hear that full interview about what's going on on Leech Lake and one of many, many, many great fishing topics we'll have throughout the course of the spring, summer, and early fall on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Up next, another preview of what you might be hearing if you're tuning in to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country in a few weeks. We're going to talk about Lake of the Woods. More of the great outdoors with Kev Jackson next on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, sponsored by Pine Ridge Service, DS Beverages, Bonded Lock and Key, and Northern Surplus Northern Outdoors. Check us out at kvunsportsradio.com. Click on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, and you can subscribe to the podcast on Podcast One and iTunes. And, of course, pretty soon we shift from our weekly focus into a daily fishing-heavy program called Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. It's a few weeks away, but this week we're giving you some previews of some of the things you're going to be hearing including some talk on one of the hottest lakes last summer, and that was Lake of the Woods. We hear from Phil Talmudge out of the Bidet Area Fisheries Office. So Lake of the Woods continues to be a really strong fishery. I heard just amazing reports from that lake last year. Yeah, we've you know we had a great summer last year uh, that stuck all the way through fall, and, and the winter season wrapped up to be a very impressive winter fishing season as well. We had consistent fishing throughout most of the winter, and uh, we don't have our creel survey numbers tallied up yet, but uh, I'm anticipating it to to be a be a good one on the books too. I mean, what's your vibe? I mean, as far as historically speaking, uh, is it among the best uh, top fifteen percent? What are we looking at here? Yeah, we're looking we're, we're looking at one of the top at least in the you know the last uh, ten fifteen years has been kind of some of the best years of ice fishing we've had, and we're looking at it being one of the top two or three uh, years that we've we've seen and. Uh, um, 
like a, just kind of looking at the data early on, it was look, it's looking like we're going to be up at a near record pressure as well. So uh, it, it, was a, it was a busy winter on Lake of the Woods. Yeah, near record pressure, but at the same time, it's a big body of water. It can probably handle a lot of pressure. Yeah, there's there's no there's no doubt about that. Uh, despite the pressure and the the harvest that's taken place, we've seen uh, real good production. We've seen good recruitment, and uh, we have a real healthy fishery out there in the lake right now for both walleye and sauger. Okay, now some changes in the uh, in the limits this year. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'll start with the Lake of the Woods. Uh, it's it's going to be simpler for anglers to remember what the regulation is. Uh, um, in the past, it, it, the open water regulation was different from the winter fishing regulation, um, and now it's going to be one consistent regulation throughout the, the entire year on Lake of the Woods, and that's going to be six walleye sauger, uh, no more than four walleye. Walleyes 19.5 to 28 inches need to be released immediately, and then anglers can keep one over 28. Uh, if you recall, it used to jump up to eight combined um, in the past, but yeah. now that that changed this year. So from now on, it, it's six. Um, and similarly, it's six uh, on the river, uh, but uh, we have one adjustment on uh, Four Mile Bay and and uh, uh, the Rainy River from March first through April fourteenth is catch and release only for walleye and sauger at this point in time. So. That's a that's a, a departure from uh, where we we had been. We'd been allowing anglers to keep two fish in the past uh, from the river and, and Four Mile Bay, and uh, so that's catch and release only now. Okay, through April fourteenth, and then is it just shut down until the regular opener at that point? That's correct. Okay. Yep. yep. Okay. Um, yeah, you you definitely had a lot of anglers up there during that early fishing time in the past, and uh, and they were taking a lot of fish out of there. Yeah, you know, and the the big thing with that with that spring fishing season is, uh, you know, we have, you know, we've we've seen that that fishery expanding. You know, we're we're, we're seeing earlier ice outs um, or more early ice outs uh, than we have in the past. So the season ends up being longer than it used to be. It used to be a you know ten to fourteen day season. Now uh, in recent years, you know, we've had some day some seasons that have been over a month long. You know, and consequently, it ends up driving our our harvest, uh, you know, above where we'd like to see it in the spring. And uh, we follow that 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 season up, and we do our annual electrofishing survey on the Rainy River. And what we've seen there is we've seen a reduction in the number of males that we find on the spawning grounds. So uh, we have, in some years, we've had less than ten percent males, and typically you'd expect it to be over fifty percent males. So. Um, the, the the males aren't making it to the spawning grounds to the way that we'd like to see them, and while this hasn't been necessarily having a population level effect or impacting Lake of the Woods as a whole, um, we're, we have some stresses and pressures being put to that that particular spawning population that we'd like to address. So that, that's the big driver behind that regulation change. Okay. Um, for those who aren't real familiar, what's what's the difference between a sauger and a walleye? Well, they're 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 both in the same family. They're both in the perch family, so they're they're very similar. And if uh, if you, you you know you just at a quick glance, if you're not a, a into fishing or a fish person, uh, you, you probably won't tell a difference. But uh, a few a few big things that can tell them apart. Uh, you know, well, first of all, walleyes grow faster, and they they can, they grow to bigger sizes, especially up here. Um, so so in general, sauger are smaller. But uh, the the best way to tell a walleye and a sauger apart is that the top at the back side. Towards the tail on the on the dorsal fin, that's the fin up on the top of the top of the back of the fish. Uh, 
there's a dark triangle at the at the back side of that dorsal fin on the on a walleye. Whereas with the with the sauger, they don't have that dark triangle at the back of the dorsal. They actually have dots all over their dorsal fin. So that's the most surefire way to tell them apart. Um, if you start looking at enough of them, you can just kind of pick them apart. Um, up here, we our, a lot of our sauger end up with that white tip on their tail. So, uh, you know, that's not always a reliable indicator for you. Okay. Um, you, you mentioned a great ice fishing season as far as harvest and numbers up there. Um, again, um, you, it's a big, big lake, and, and it's coming to the end of the season now. So, um, But there there was a time, and I know there were some, some real serious situations with some people's safety up there because that is a vast area, and uh, some people were getting lost pretty easy. Yeah, you know, it, it, it is a big body of water, you know, and... Uh, you know, it, it's it's important that people know where they're going and uh, know the conditions, uh, and and be safe and put safety first. No fish is worth uh, risk, risking, uh, you know, any harm to yourself or others. Um, and I say that when I say the others, I say they're you know, if you get stuck out there or lost, uh, rescue crews are going to be looking for you, so they're at danger then too. So, you know, people being wise helps out out a lot. And then all you need to always let somebody know. Uh, where you're going and what time you should be back, so you can uh, have somebody uh, somebody paying attention to what you're up to. Okay, how many acres of Lake of the Woods do you actually have under your purview? So we the the lake itself is about a million acres, and we have about a third of about a third of the acres are in, or about a third of Lake of the Woods is in Minnesota. So about three hundred twenty thousand acres is what we're the ballpark of what we're looking at is. Uh, for the Minnesota waters, okay. and so you know, as you as you as you can imagine, then the other six hundred thousand acres are in Ontario and, and well, and partly in Manitoba as well. But uh, Ontario, the lake stretches all the way up to Kenora, you know, uh, north of north of us here. Okay, and obviously, you know, as you're you're putting together plans and, and trying to make this uh, this lake as strong as possible, you have to be working in in concert with the Ontario's. Uh, uh, officials as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we we meet on a regular basis with our counterparts uh, in Ontario, and uh, you know we 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 actually set our targets in 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 uh, in a cooperative uh, framework with, with with Ontario. So, you know, the safe harvest that we'd like to see out of the lake in an ad, in a year. Uh, the other part of it is too is you know the lake's so big, and there's so many different, and the, each bay is even a little bit different that uh, it provides us a opportunity to understand and get information on the other parts of the lake and similarly for the uh, our Ontario counterparts uh, to get the information from that we have on on Big Traverse and Muskeg Bays. Okay we're going to be talking sturgeon in a little while so we'll put that aside for the moment. Uh, we know it's all about you know a huge amount of anglers up there for walleyes. Uh, on the Minnesota side what else do people fish for on Lake of the Woods? Well, on the, so yeah, the walleye and sauger, you know, that's the bread and butter. Uh, you know, we we get on the rainy on Lake of the Woods and the Rainy River; those are the main species. But we do have people uh, that that come up here pike fishing. We have a very high quality pike fishery on Lake of the Woods. Uh, we've had a protective uh, slot protecting tro- uh, protecting large wall or large northern pike that's resulted in a good number of big fish. So we have, it's a, it's a place, it's a destination you can go and have a legitimate chance at catching a 40-inch long northern pike. And wow. uh, 
you know, that gets popular in the spring, um, you know, late ice, um, you know, ice out period. Mm -hmm. Um, And then again, early early ice, actually, it's a very popular tool. We get some people up that uh, try some spear fishing or tip up fishing for them. So that's a very popular species here. We get anglers that also, uh, I I don't even know if I'd say they're targeting them as much, but uh, that do every once in a while get into a good mess of uh, nice size yellow perch. Um, and when, when you get when you get into the nice ones, they're they're just they're like little footballs. Uh, <laughs> they're good sized fish. And then obviously, as you mentioned, uh, Lake Sturgeon, on you know, and they're they're more targeted in the Rainy River and Four Mile Bay. Okay. Uh, what about muskies? Well, the muskies, uh, you know, we we do get an occasional one, uh, but most of the muskies are uh, uh, the muskie habitat is on the Ontario side, up towards Morrison and up up that way. Um, and around some of the islands up uh, up the north northwest angle, so uh, we don't get we don't actually see a lot of muskies down here on the south shore, um, and it's just it's mainly habitat driven. Okay, I know you know in Kenora area on the on the Canadian side, uh, bass uh, great numbers of bass there. Do you get much bass angling, or do you have a lot of bass on your side? Yeah, you know we 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 actually do have some good bass numbers up towards the northwest angle. We get good reports from. Uh, from bass anglers up there and also uh you know in, in the rainy river it's an exceptional bass fishery and a lot of people you know and, and that and people know that now and they've they're starting to key in on that so we do have some good bass fishing opportunities in the area as well okay um yeah because i you know i talked to jeff gustison quite a bit he loves bass fishing and it's just absolutely amazing uh, the amount of bass they have on in ontario on on the lake yeah, up there in that Kenora area and a little bit to the east of there, the, the you know it's really good bass habitat and, um, and, and and you know both people like Jeff they've done a good job, uh, you know, getting out there and letting people know that the fish are there too. So okay, um, so let's get into it with the uh, the sturgeon that has become a very 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 popular thing for Rainy River and Lake of the Woods. Yeah, you know it, it's it, it is amazing. You know, for for a long time, our you know that spring walleye fishery was uh, kind of the the craze. And it, it, don't get me wrong, it's still very popular. But uh, you know, we've actually been seeing some of our busiest days in, in recent years being actually when the walleye season's closed and catch and release fishing for uh, lake sturgeons the ticket. And uh, you know, I think part of it is weather's getting a little bit nicer and uh, people want to get out there and enjoy the outdoors and it you know it's it's an opportunity to catch a really big fish and it, it, and if you're not the one catching it maybe it's the your friend with you in the boat or one of the other boats nearby you're getting to watch it so it's a, it's a lot of fun and there's you know in many years there's a lot of good action to be had out there with those sturgeon again fish and paul bunyan country we'll have a lot more from phil and so many other anglers when we kick off that show uh, two weeks prior to the walleye opener. In the meantime, we'll keep talking outdoors from here until there on a weekly basis. That'll do it for this week. I'm Kev Jackson. This has been Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hear it exclusively on KBUN-FM 104.5, Thursdays at 1240 and Saturday mornings at 8.